Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome back to the Framestore podcast, episode 19, part two. On Monday's episode, we engaged Mumbai-based VFX compositor Artie Shukla in our 13-question grilling, otherwise known as the Framestore Podcast Dailies. On today's episode, we pass the mic to this week's guest co-host, London-based compositor Smina Alvarez Macchio. So, without further delay, we hope you enjoy episode 19, part two of the Framestore Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, the second instalment of our conversation with VFX compositor Artie Shukla. This is where we hand over to this week's guest co-host, Zimena alvarez Machio, London-based compositor, who will continue the interview where we left off. So, Zimena, it's over to you. Oh my, Artie, you're for a fun drive. Um, I think your mic is off, Artie. Is that the way to tell me you don't want to talk? I want to talk. Fine, fine, I can (laughs) talk. So, I'm working from different locations. We are extremely lucky that we can work in one project and be working in Canada, London, and Mumbai. How is your experience with this? How do you feel like sharing uh, structured scripts from other places? Well, it's challenging at times. Uh, but, you know, the best part is that everyone over here at Framestore tries to take it further from there. It's not like, you know, uh-huh. you, you're done here. Okay, that's it. I will wait for you to pick it up the next day. No. If there is something that can be, you know, taken forward from the other location, they always make that effort of doing it. And we here in Mumbai do the same. So if there's something that has been done in a certain, you know, time time frame over there, let's say in Montreal, uh, we try to pick it up from there and, you know, take it forward. So I think that's, you know, how probably an ideal global studio works. Mm-hmm. You work in tandem with each other, fill in the loopholes and just get the perfect output out out there for everyone to see. Yeah, and then, uh, for example, we have experience in Eden that is Dara Materials. Um, that um, in our case in London, we were waiting for Canada. Like we are connected. For example, they were developing the DMP, and we were picking it up because we need it for our sequence. Mm-hmm. And we have this back and forwards in different timetables. So we were to sleep. They were working, and the next day we have a new version, uh, which is really interesting because you feel like uh, you're you're not waiting for things, isn't it? Yes, I know. It's it's. Almost like, you know, you're you're working round the clock on something. Yeah, and I think that gives you an advantage from, from other places, actually, to be more creative even. You reach the output faster because you know that while you're asleep, somebody else is doing the job, which you will be picking up the next day and then taking it towards the final. Yeah, and then um, I know that you are very, like, there's a lot of media that form you as an artist. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your fascinations with uh, sharks? <laughs> sharks, okay. So, why why sharks are so important for you? They scare the hell out of me, okay? Wow. And it, it's okay. I am scared of all horror movies, but they just scare the hell out of me. And when I look at them, see, 
the first thing that actually makes me scared is actually dinosaurs. Now, di- dinosaurs don't exist, exist, right? That's right. So the second most scary thing for me are actually the sharks. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I may, I may sound a little weird, but I am scared and at the same point of time, very intrigued by them. I also like to know, you know, uh, what kind of sharks are there? How many species of sharks are there? You wouldn't believe it. I just recently came across that even the Indian Oceans have sharks. Wow. Until now. Yeah, I mean, and there's some very ferocious ones here in India. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what do you think about, uh, I imagine that you saw, you have watched Jaws. Yes. Jaws was one of the most scary movies that I came across. And I loved it. Though scary, but I still loved it. And that's from where, you know, the fascination for sharks came up. I was very young at that point of time. You don't even know there is a fish of this kind that exists, right? So it's just picked up from there. Yeah, that's right. And, and also, also is this thing of an animatronics, the first yes. uh, special effects that, uh, well, not the first ones, but the most influential in the 90s. Um, I think in, in the last part of our podcast, I had mentioned about this invisible visual effects that has to be there. Uh-huh. So, and as a child, you know, you don't know that it's not a real shark. So, for you, it's almost like a real thing. Yeah, that's right. So, it, it might it might be real for, for an artist, but for us, it was almost like, how did they make the shark do it? That's from where the inquisitiveness comes in, right? Mm-hmm. That's, from, that's from where you realize, no, it wasn't real. And then, um, I mean, I, I think you spent a few months here in London. Have you went to the museum to see museums, uh, natural museum to see the bones of the of the dinosaurs? Oh yes, and I loved it. <laughs> so I have obsession with two creatures in the world, as you just heard it. One is dinosaurs, and the other one are the sharks. So I saw both of them. I saw the dinosaurs, and I think uh, towards the end of Natural History Museum, uh, there is this animatronics of a T Rex, right? I don't know if it's still there. Yes. Yes, it's still there and it's a very long queue. I just stood there looking at it thinking, oh wow, how would it have been if it was real? And then I realized if it would have been alive, I, I wouldn't have been alive. Or hiding extremely well. <laughs> this close to it. I would have to do that, but I think it would just smell me out. Uh, you know, clever dinosaurs, you know, Jurassic Park is there for a reason. Yeah. You know, clever girl. I, I loved it. I think a, a lot of my inspiration, a bit of at least, you know, of joining this field actually comes from that movie. I I loved Jurassic Park. And uh, as for the sharks, it, it's been Jaws. And when I visited the water park, not the water park, I, yeah. I think the aqua park that's there in London, I got to see one live. I think I just stood there half an hour looking at the shark. <laughs> And wondering if that was real. Because it was just so at peace. And I said, I haven't seen a shark this peaceful. Yeah, misrepresentation in media. We need to start showing the real shark. The one that fight for human rights. Those sharks, they have no souls. <laughs> I'm joking. The whale sharks, maybe. The whale sharks are the most docile of them, right? They, they don't attack us. No, that's right. Yeah, there was a lot of misconception about animals and... Um, we really like to dramatize things, um, you know, in, like in shows. Yeah, that's how. That's what we do. That's our job, right? 
that's that's our job make it make life interesting put in the extra little bit of salt and pepper there um one of the things that we talk on the first part of the podcast is a lot about uh family pressures mm-hmm. you know trying to feel uh to make other people happy right how do you how what will be your advice regarding that because you know there's in in my case, it's like it's your parents. You love them. Yeah. You you don't want to make them suffer, and you can see in their face their worry at that point. It's like, oh my god, sweetie, what are you doing? Don't do this to me. I just put so much effort on you. You know what? And how is how you take that conversation forward with them? Like, uh, if you can, you know, maybe it was like, you know what? I'm gonna make a negotiation. I'm gonna give you this, but this part is all mine. Uh, you know. In my case, what I did was I, I just pursued what I wanted to pursue, mm-hmm. and it, it took me around spending almost four to five years in that career to make them realize that I'm very serious about it. Yeah. Until then, uh, they were still in two minds if I'm going to pursue it or not. It might also be uh, the reason of you know, uh, they having their own expectations from me, and I, mm-hmm. you know, spilling water on all of it. <laughs> Both my parents, uh, one of them wanted me to be in the civil services uh-huh. and the other one wanted me to have a very cozy job of maybe a software engineer or something like that. Uh, I didn't do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's that the thing that parents don't want you to suffer. So they're trying to give you like yeah, but what from what they know, like yeah. the, the amount of knowledge they have is like, I know the people that do this they're fine and so why don't you do this but then you know it's it's their perspective you know even as an artist uh, as we mentioned earlier that there's no one single way of reaching a destination there are always multiple ways that's right so you may think this will make me happy you might think that this uh, will be the right thing for me but then as a person i have a different perspective yeah and I need to I need to give it a chance. If I won't, I might just regret it all my life. So, you know, eventually, after spending almost four to five years in the industry, they realized that, okay, she's serious about this. And uh, they also saw some amazing movies come out and they realized that, you know, my name is on the big screen. Bless <laughs> so them. They, they, uh, they got the idea that, okay, no, no, she's on the right path. Let her do what she wants to do. She was right. So today it's it's more like a conversation. You know, I like how our conversations have transitioned today. Mm-hmm. Now my parents ask me, what's the next one that you're working on? That's so sweet. And and they uh, they make an effort when I, I mean, they always did, but they do this uh, to look at the shots I've worked on. And when I tell them, you know, this is how it was done or this is, how you know what this is what we had got and this is where we bought it they they take that interest oh really okay so you know that's how the transition has happened it's a little bit of uh educating parents sometimes isn't it like they evolve with you like they're showing yes. a, look it's all right like open new horizons to your your family too and that can be that can be tough sometimes it's worth it it is but if you won't yeah i mean, I mean you should one should do that. yeah well, the other thing I was, I was going to, so you work as a lead, right? Well, I worked as a lead on a couple of projects. Mm-hmm. I worked as a co-lead for uh, 
His Dark Materials, that was Eden, season 3. Yeah. Uh, there was a project uh, of interactive advertising where I had the opportunity to lead the project completely. And there have also been, you know, projects where I've been a compositor. So, you know, one thing that I, that I like about Frame Store is they always tend to keep you busy. Mm-hmm. They want you to try everything and not get stuck in one mold. Yeah, that's right. If you're required on a show as an artist, you work as an artist. If there is a lead requirement, you do that. If you're supposed to be a support system for the entire team, there are also times where, you know, I have to mentor the new joinees in the team mm-hmm. or, you know, anyone who's coming on board a show after me. So it, it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, no, how do you find that? How do you find that? Like when you, you have a team that started growing, it pompous artists maybe that you don't know because they're very new or they were working in a section. How do you mm-hmm. manage to integrate them to the... Well, here it is, a huge project. Come on board. Where's your first thing that you think about? Well, I try to put myself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And I try to think, uh, how would I be feeling right now? I get it. Yeah. I I try to get into their psyche and try to answer as many questions as they have. And in fact, I keep telling them, you know, please ask questions. Nobody knows everything. I may not know everything that you're asking me. But I will help you find an answer. I think that's the least I could do is I could just put myself in their shoes, try and understand, you know, what are their apprehensions? What are the kind of questions they would ask? And mm-hmm. also give them this freedom of asking me any sort of questions that they have in mind. It, it could be the silliest thing, but I, I just tell them, please ask. Even I might know the answer, but I'll still help you. I'll help you find it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, sometimes you don't have the answer, but because we work as a team, as a community, and we have been sometimes working with different artists in different projects, you might know the person to ask that question and get that answer and uh, move the project forward. Um, sometimes it's a matter of just uh, ask questions, isn't it? This seems the only thing that we do in this podcast is talking about ask questions, but it's true. <laughs> is essential of what we do and communication when you work in a film industry is about community isn't it yes it is um the other thing i was going to ask you uh, if you want to share with us what kind of uh, media uh, you enjoy in your free time like what do you do to relax after very hard work hard day at work what was the you you know what did you go to It doesn't have to be VFX related. It also has to be something fancy, you know. (laughs) It can be something silly. The simplest thing that I could do is, to be very honest, is to shut the screens. I don't want to look at the screens at all. Nice. Because I kind of get, I kind of get tired, you know. It's, 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 it's. I know it's part of our job to keep looking at the screen and working. Uh-huh. But there comes a point where you're just so saturated that you don't want to look at the screen, and just step out of your house and take a stroll. <laughs> I mean, I, right. I know it's very, it's very underrated, but you know we should, we should take some time off from the screens. Any screen, it could be your television, it could be your computers, it could be your cell phones. But we need to take some time off from it and walk a bit in the nature. Mm-hmm. It's it's really important because you can't, you'll just saturate yourself out. You'll burn yourself out. You you might not be able to see the most obvious if you keep, if you keep looking at it. Do you like to take your camera with you when you go for a walk? 
No. To be no, honest, nothing. I just, just nothing. I just go with my thoughts and some music. That's that's the thing I like to do because once in a while it's always good to cut yourself out from it. And the second thing I like doing is uh, I like reading a book. What book are you reading right now? Uh, so there is this uh, mythological fantasy book. It's called uh, Asura, the Tale of the Vanquished. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about the Ramayana, but you know there are many aspects of Ramayana, and uh-huh. it, it's a mythological story, very famous here in India. And it's it's got a very different take on it. Why is that? It's being looked at not. So it's not being looked at from the point of view of the villain or the main heroes of the story. It's being looked at from the point of view of a very negligible character in that story, which you could never think interesting. of. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting because see, normally when you look at this, look at any story, yeah, uh, there are only two aspects, right? One is from the side of the hero or the main mm-hmm. protagonist, and there's another side of that of of the goons or the villains, right? Yeah, but nobody pays right. attention uh, to those who may not be part of the main picture. Mm-hmm. You you need to get a perspective from that point of view as well, and that's what this book does. So that's what intrigued me to read it, and and I, I'm I'm loving it. That's, I think that's a really um, great recommendation for someone that is looking for something different. Actually. Yes, I mean we we need to think out of see we're creative people and create. Creativity can can come from any aspect, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. So, so looking a little away from the screen helps me. Also, reading helps me fall asleep. <laughs> so it's a way to relax, to forget about the day. Yes, I know. It it just helps. Good. Um. The, then I was gonna ask you, like, um, we work in a lot of um. Films and stories, they're very American, you know, mm-hmm. very created in the, <laughs> the States. Um, how do you have a lot of influence when you were growing up in that kind of type of media? Like, were you in contact with the Marvel comics? Were you like had a He-Man or maybe a She-Ra or maybe Transformers in your life when you were growing up? Or it was a different kind of... Uh, animated contact I had a lot of content of Archie's Archie's and Tintin nice me and my father we're both very fond of Tintin Tintin we love it yeah and if if it's any respite for you (laughs) apart from this I also had access to Jeffrey Archer and Sidney Sheldon from my school days nice very nice yeah so that then I had Jane Austen I had the I had quite a few, and I actually I've I've been a bookworm from my childhood, so I've had access to a lot of that content, not just comic books, but even the know. established authors. Yeah, no, because you know sometimes in the industry you're gonna find people that are like super super ultra fanatics of Marvels and have read all the comics and they have the whole yeah. collection <laughs> since they were very small, and and then um, you know that that uh, their perspective is completely different from someone that I, for example in my case I am I was a big fan of Asterix and Obelix and oh wow Tintin, yeah and Tintin uh, of course Milou uh, and all that kind of detective fantasy crime solving mm. things is 
and you know you, so did you, you read any blighton then what any blighton the famous five i don't think so i don't think so no 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 the famous five the famous no. five by any blighton no i should i mean i think i will have to put it on my list isn't it have you ever read the uh, hercule perot uh famous five uh no i haven't i mean, I mean that's that's childhood teenage but still it is and then have you read uh the murder of roger ackroyd you must have read that uh, oh god that's that's a famous one please tell me you read it you i you trying to embarrass me well well done arti well done um, <laughs> no um, i'm not um no 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 i don't think i'm i don't think i have i'm i'm really sorry i uh you know asterix right and we we caught on on tintin so yeah yeah That's i mean good. like the things that were translating to spanish um uh, is 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 that what it got to me you know um uh-huh. so i i yeah sorry sorry about that i will catch up on my homework you should send me you know what you need to send <laughs> no. simon a list of music for the podcast like for our special playlist and you have to send me a list of book for me to read and there you go and we should actually start a list of book uh, to share with each other because sometimes there are things they fly all over your head you know Are you saying we should have a, a book recommendation list to accompany the podcast in addition to the Spotify playlist? She's yeah? always listening. Always She's there. Always present. It's like a ghost, Simon. Always there. Always there. You think you're all alone, but no, no, Simon is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We totally, we totally have a list of recommendation of books. Yeah. Let's 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 begin with the murder of Roger Ackroyd then first. Yeah. Um, It's Agatha Christie. How come you don't know? Agatha Christie. Yes, it is Agatha Christie. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm. I was more like Sherlock Holmes more than Agatha Christie. My sister was Agatha Christie. Oh, she's the big Agatha Christie. Okay, so you have easy access. Yeah, I, I was more like Sherlock Holmes, and also, um, I am big fan of media. I can be watching telly and cartoons and movies all day long. It's like <laughs> I I love 2D animated cartoons. I love them for some reason the classic ones. They're just so beautiful to look at. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I like uh, Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers, um, then I like, you know, in the 50s, 60s, the Tommy Jerry's that were um very who doesn't love them? Chassis, Chassis Tom and Jerry. Um yeah, uh we are rumbling now. I know, but then it it's worth it. <laughs> I love them all. All the characters you just mentioned, they're just so amazing. What about the characters in Eden? What about those lovely animals in uh, Dark Materials? <laughs> Your favorite friends. <laughs> oh yeah. How was to work on those ones? Oh, it was amazing, but you know, what was even more amazing was to look at people's reaction to them. Mhm. I mean, we know that Yorick isn't real. We know that it's animated. We know the loopholes in it, but when somebody is looking at it they're just so amazed they sit there staring at your screen you know like uh i have some people who are in our office who are from the non creative background let's say from finance yeah and you know and you know they come to your screen and they're like do you know that character it's so amazing how do you do it and then you 
you just know that you're making something great and there are people already appreciating it even before it hits the screens well well what do you this is going to sound very simplistic but what do you think when you get a cg like a lighting render a cg render what's your first approach to integration this is like very one two three steps of integration <laughs> but what's what's the first thing that comes to your mind like what's how do you perceive that shot the first thing that i get do when i get a lighting render is mm-hmm. i play it <laughs> okay i mean that's the most basic thing but i play it to see if there's any broken passes to it if there's anything that needs like you know immediate attention that's what i do first and the second would be to you know match the shadows match the blacks to that of the plate because that's how the first step towards a realistic integration is mm-hmm. so so that would be that and probably match the tones if necessary but i would still do it as a second step i wouldn't do it as a first step my first step would be to just match the blacks add the defocus and show it once to my supervisor and then take it from there um so having that in consideration and thinking about your walks in nature do you analyze the light when you're on your walk of nature and then maybe bring that knowledge when you have to integrate lighting i try to shut that off when i'm walking Oh, interesting. So you don't you don't memorize reference for you know, the thing is the potential <laughs> integration. The trouble is, you know, you know why I don't look at other visual effects movies in my free time because I know I'm going to sit there pulling every piece of hair out of it thinking what could have been done better or what do what do I learn from it? That's not relaxing. <laughs> That's really not relaxing. Well, People will say that's an occupational hazard, isn't it? It is. And you know what happens is, if I want to refer something, I will refer it when it is the time, but not in my free time. I I just want to be bereft of these thoughts at that point of time. Well, actually, that's fair enough. And I think our time is up. I want to thank you so much, Arti, for sharing all your knowledge and your experience. It's been great to talk to you and to spend time with you. Um, well, here is Simon to kick us out. <laughs> that was wonderful. Thank you both so much. Yes, that indeed brings our episodes to a close this week. I just want to say a big, big thank you to, obviously, yourself, Arti and Samina for being our brilliant co-hosts. An absolute pleasure to spend this time with you both. It's been a good few hours we've spent, but absolutely (laughs) worth it for sure. Uh, Before I let you both go, are there any final words, anything you want to shout out, plug, or are you happy for me to leave you to your your day ahead? Uh, Thank you, first of all. When do you want the list of the playlist and when do you want the book list? Cool. I will let you know pre-launch. So uh, we'll get it all edited. We'll schedule the date and then we'll unleash your awesome tunes on the world. <laughs> Thank you, Simon, for, for this, um, for the things that you do to help us yeah. to com- connect and communicate. That's really, really nice. Absolutely. Oh, Thank you so well. much, Simon. And thanks, Simon. It was lovely talking to you. The same here. Thanks. Well, that wraps up this week's episodes. What a great conversation and another excellent addition to our Women's History Month series. It just leads me to thank Artie for being a truly inspiring guest and Zmina for being this week's excellent guest co-host. And a special thank you to Samantha Sosnowski from the global training team on production duties. 
We'll be back in two weeks' time, where we conclude our three-month celebration of Women's History Month with another special guest and co-host from the Framestore community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then.